What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. So the Preds, they got a point last night. They they had the game won and a playoff game clinched. You see Soros limps down the tunnel. Uh-oh. The Chronicles of Riddick come out. My man gives up the game-tying goal with one-tenth of a second left to go in the game. One-tenth. It didn't go down to one one-hundredths. It may have been less than one-tenth of a second when the puck got pushed past him. It, it was just was. like when John Moran hit the shot. Is that one-tenth? Oh, no. John Moran's, John Moran's shot was eight, eight, eons ahead of when this thing Oh, crossed. wow. Because John was like, it was a solid second left after his shot went in, which was unbelievable because the game had just been tied with like, what, 3.7 yeah. or something left. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. So then you flip over and catch the Preds, and it's like, they're about to clinch the playoff. This is a ma- – nope, no, no. Riddick came in. Then he gave up a toilet paper soft goal. <laughs> In overtime, think of like Charmin. It was softer than Charmin, the goal. Oh, it just kind of slid through it. Tell, tell and I know paper? I couldn't be a goalie, but I'm not getting paid to. Still was, clinched last night. They clinched. They back beep, beep. In the weirdest way possible. Dallas beat Vegas in a shootout. Like the 10th guys to shoot. It went on. I watched it on so my phone. they don't go then, do they? So Vegas, Vegas can't go. Out. And no. Vegas. And the Preds are in? People, yes, the Preds got in. And Dallas. People in Vegas are pissed. They went all in this year, mm-hmm. and then they didn't. Then they didn't make the playoffs. Unpredictable. Jeez. That's what I love about sports. So mm, Soros limped down the tunnel. Everybody was getting asked about him after the game. I think even Hines is like, I don't know. They're looking at him now. No update. Yeah. Uh, Connor Ingram has been called up from Milwaukee. Mm. Oh, uh, so yeah. they had to call up another goalie. So if you want answers, oh, he's solid, if you solid. want the truth, yeah. Uh, I might get a real hard look at Connor Ingram not once but twice because they got two more games, right, Lucas? Avs and then the Coyotes finish out the regular season. I'd be like, hey, um, go ahead and you know do your ab exercises and you know get hit up an energy drink because you're going to need to be fully focused. What do they for think thing. the injury is? To- Sorry, what do they think? <sighs> we know non-contact leg injury. He just limped. Oh, off. that means I it's, know is it's a, a muscle pull. That's what I'm thinking. We, we have no designations. Yeah, well, be, I wish I would have saw it. You know, I think I'm the guru on picking what uh, the injury It'll be is. labeled a lower body injury. Oh, so that's all I'm, we're going to know. I about. really I want, the, I want the NFL to steal that yeah. from the, the you know, a, you know NHL. My like, friend tweeted that. me last night. Then you night. don't know where the injury is at because I'm telling you now, I'm sitting there you know, every time I'm taking a, a, you know, a dump. I'm reading where the guy's injured and I'm playing. <laughs> I'm telling you that. And I'm I'm learning from the vets. I'm like, oh, his ankle's tweaked. So if I just, even if I just talk about it, like, hey, how's your ankle doing? You're like, hey, what, what are you talking My ankle. So, yeah, I see you still limping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You may be just going to limp to the sideline. <laughs> go, go, go. I, was, I may have to twist your ankle when I get up. And then just like, oh, my bad. Sorry about that. Your ankle got caught in my arm. 
One of our <laughs> Lucas is trying to play fair. That's not right. No, well, it, it's not right at the bottom <laughs> of those pile when that guy, you know, spit on me and punched me in my gut and or something grabbed me by my cojonesses and was like, <laughs> man, man, yeah, 300 and push me in. I'm like, good Lord, I can't even breathe. I thought I was going to die. I've heard some horrible stories about the bottoms uh, of piles. Oh, my. It is the worst. Yeah, man, one time I thought I was going to die. I, had a, I think I had a panic attack. I think that's the one time, yeah, I was at the bottom and I started yelling, get off of me! <laughs> that made it worse. I, could, I was losing breath. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and people freak out when footage comes out of that stuff. Do you remember the Cash Daniel, the linebacker uh, for Kentucky, the yes. incident against Florida? I think Kyle Trask, the quarterback, where you see Cash, like, grabbing at his ankle and, like, pulling on it yeah. and almost trying to twist it. Yeah. And it's like, and people, you know, are obviously up in arms, which is obviously the wrong thing to do, but that stuff's got to happen yeah, all those, the time. CJ2K getting his leg ripped yep. off by the... Ravens in the playoff yeah, game. Yeah, they were doing it's, it's the untold story. My friend Brock, yeah. who is a doctor of physical, I think he actually has a doctorate now in physical therapy. I was tweeting back and forth with him last night. He was one of the guys at A State that played five years and had a different coach each year. He, had, he played five years of college football and had a different head coach all five years. He survived. He survived <laughs> like Gloria Gaynor. He said, uh, I'm afraid juice is hurt bad. That combo of movements on the knee joint is usually indicative of an ACL injury. Oh! And this, and I'm not saying that's what it is. Don't tweet that out. I'm not tweeting it out. This is a guy with a doctorate so in physical form of therapy. A knee injury, though. It, it, so he's going to be out. We, even if it's as good as a sprained MCL, right? He's out for uh, at least two or three weeks. If he's done for the year, I mean that's it. The right? Preds are Se- done. Season's over. Yeah. Mm, mm. Who, who's to blame for the unsuccessful season? And it's all you just wonder what you know. You'll you'll have no idea what what could have been if UC Soros can't play for the rest of the year. You're not beating the Colorado Avalanche without UC mm-hmm. Soros. I mean, you're just not. Dun, 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 Is this the Rocky music? In a series. Guess who this is? It. Pecorine to the rescue. Pecorine to the rescue. You ready, Pecca? You been training, Pecca? No. Oh, but then he's ready then. He's playing he's forward. I am, I am calling him right now. Hey, man. He's a forward now. How yeah, you feeling? Because he probably lost the weight and got, yeah. I'm calling him. You may be quicker in the, in the box. He said, the box is still small, though. <laughs> no, I'm gotta go he's still work. big. Yeah. yeah. But you're still long. You still got your flexibility? He's been skating. Hey, he is on the doorstep. Oh. I give him one meal today just to be – it could only play like three games. Can you imagine? That would be something. People <laughs> would soil their underpants hey, yeah, if hey. he showed up. Well, he, Boy, give me a call. Give me a call. No, you take the sucker out of the Raptors <laughs> yeah. and put it on him. Oh, no. You leave it up there and you say, this is why we called could you. Could you imagine playing under – you Normally, you gotta wait like eight years. Down? Oh no, I was like metaphorically speaking. Oh, okay. Just think about that. <laughs> Most people wait like twelve years before they. No, his is already up there. Yep. Yeah. That would well be deserved. the greatest because his mind is clear. Mm-hmm. He's been like mm-hmm. playing rec hockey with his hey, friends. Watch this. Have they got a statue out there yet? Because I know that was a big deal. Yeah, well, I don't, no, I don't no, mind. Not it. yet. You got it. it takes. In a while. the next season, there there will be a statue. Right? They announced it during yeah. the well, ceremony. This yeah. will not be out there. I don't care if he's horrible. You know, just okay or great. They have not. I may start the other guy too, by the way, Ingram. But I, I'm still. I'm. He's on. The, he's on a call list. I got. I got to give him a call. Sorry. John in his own TV chat said, "I'd play Pekka before any of the backups." See, boy. Mm. Oh, dang, it took a football guy to help you. And, and if any Come of y'all on, say, man. and I got the doomsday <laughs> scenario for the draft, I was going to hit y'all with. 
If anybody says, oh, I watch Neil O'Donnell. Stupid. I watched Neil O'Donnell walk out of the Y and beat the Buccaneers. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. But you know what? I, I had no doubt that he was capable, though. Yes. Just because of how he was. Just how he was at practice. He was he's a real loose, you know, kind of quarterback. And he had this mindset where, you know, oh, oh, oh well, I threw a pick. Who cares? I, 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 I tried. <laughs> we got more plays coming up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of how he was. He think, really was. Think about him, like too, that. was. I know people remember his Super Bowl where I'm sure the receiver ran the wrong route. So Larry Brown got a couple easy ones, and Neil never threw anybody under the bus for that. For the most part, though, he would throw the ball away and live to fight another play. Yeah. He'd throw it in the stands. Like, okay, well, you, my guy can't get it. You can't get it either. Yeah, a lot of respect take, for Neil yeah. Donald, man. He oh, was, my gosh. Uh, John said, I'd give 1.5 mil right now to Peck at a suit up. Boy, if, if this happens. What about me coming to sing the National Anthem? I'd give 1.5 million to not hear <laughs> long that. As long as uh, it's rocky, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> uh, doomsday scenario. I will save that because I know we got to take a break because Jordan Dejani is going to join us. Doomsday scenario that I want to hit you guys with. What if all your top-rated receivers and all the top-rated O-linemen are gone? You kind of hinted this a little bit at the top of the show. Then what are you going to do? Then what are you going to do? Because let's say you got all your first round grades and the guy that you love so much, uh, Christian, Christian Kirk, Watson. Christian Watson, Christian Kirk, Christian Watson. Yeah, he got paid. Let's say you're like, we got him rated like 45th. I can't, we can't take him at 20. Let's just say that's the way they felt. Then what do you do? Do you mm. just take the best available pass rusher? Do you take the best available? We talked about this yesterday. I'm I'm stuttering just because I'm so excited about it. Tom McShay said there was a, a thought process that no one takes quarterback until 20, Malik Willis with the Steelers. What if every other quarterback is available? What if, what if every other quarterback is available at 26? And there's no Burks and there's no Jahan Dotson. There's no none of those guys that you thought you could get. And maybe like the only offensive lineman available, maybe it's like the guy from Tulsa and you have him as graded – Low second round or whatever. Oh, Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith or Bernard uh, Ryman. They, they they let the wrong Smith go last year. Trey Smith. They yeah. let the wrong dude. Oh, anybody could have drafted him six times. Mm. Uh, doomsday scenario. Mm. Then what Good do you one. do? Good one. Just think about that, everybody. We can get that last segment. When we come back, actually, we can, maybe we'll just ask Jordan DeJani that. Then we'll ask you that in the last segment of the show today. Uh, Jordan DeJani, CBS Sports, he joins us next right here on Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Grab, grab that engine ever closer. It mm-hmm. is coming closer. Uh, Jordan DeJani, CBS Sports, joins us now. We're going to talk about some draft scenarios and more. Jordan, uh, how in the world are you doing? Do you get as excited about the draft as I do? Because this is like a second Christmas for me. What's going on, guys? Thanks for bringing me into the heat of the moment. Yes, sir. Thank <laughs> you. Nice I'm reference. Very exci- I'm very excited, man. I mean, it's funny because I- I'm sure there's a facet or a group of people that aren't as excited for this draft because of the lack of high-quality quarterback prospects. But to me, I'm almost more intrigued because we still have no idea what's going to happen at number one overall. And once that domino falls, it's going to you know, cause ruckus all through the draft order inside that top five, inside the top ten. So, I'm really excited to see how it goes down. Um, yeah, I'm still very excited for tomorrow night. 
So there's I, I concocted this doomsday scenario that's that's part of like two or three things that I've read. One of them was Todd McShay said he doesn't think a quarterback gets taken until pick twenty. He said that's based mm. on and this is like we were discussing yesterday, McShay's down to like intel, not just guessing what a team might take, you know, like he would be in February. So he said he feels like he's got intel, no quarterback gets taken until twenty. So we're talking about yesterday. What if the Titans get to twenty six? and every quarterback is available except for Willis, then I threw in this caveat. What if all their first-round rated receivers and offensive linemen are gone? Do you think at that point they'd be tempted to go quarterback? Do they go pass rusher? What in the world do they do in a doomsday-type scenario that could include a quarterback? Wow, that would be absolutely crazy. And, and, I mean, it's almost kind of hard to imagine that happening just with so many wide receivers that are expected to go in the first round. It's going to be six or maybe even seven, in my opinion. As far as the offensive line, maybe something like that happens. I know Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson are two players who have been mocked to the Titans a lot. And Zion, or Kenyon Green might be moving up draft boards, and the Titans may not get a chance at them. But to play devil's advocate and go along with this uh, thing you've concocted, which is kind of fun, um, I think Tennessee could be looking at two things. One would be a quarterback. I, I would be comfortable getting Matt Corral. I think he's a player, a prospect that a lot of teams are intrigued by, who might be some team's number two quarterback. And, you know, as we talked about on your show before, Tennessee might go in that direction depending on how the draft board falls. Now, the other possibility would be, of course, if all these offensive linemen and wide receivers are going very high inside that top 20, top 25, then there's going to be some other players that, of course, are going to be falling down the draft board that might entice the Titans to take them. I don't know exactly who that would be because, at the same time, I'm looking at offensive linemen and wide receivers when it comes to Tennessee. But maybe an edge player they are intrigued by falls that far. Maybe a cornerback, even though I find that highly unlikely. But, yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point. It's really about how the draft board falls when you're sitting at number 26 overall. I'm sure Tennessee's keeping all its options open. Yeah, a lot of chairs will be shuffled around by that time for sure. Jordan DeJani, uh, he never shuffles his time with us, always this time. Every Wednesday, he's with CBS Sports. <laughs> well, Jordan, I, I know this is kind of a difficult question because I'm sure you like them all, all the players coming out of college for the draft, but is there a player in, that is graded as a first-rounder you go, eh, I'm just not liking him, I'm just not liking him, at any position that you want the Titans to kind of stay away from for whatever reason? It could be even off-the-field issues uh, if you want to go down that road. Yeah, that's a good question. So, as I mentioned, when it comes to looking at the Titans, I'm looking at certain offensive linemen and wide receivers. Uh, I don't think I can bring up a wide receiver that I would not like the Titans to take. I mean, sure, it's possible they could reach on somebody, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, in most of the mock drafts we've seen, I've liked most of the receivers. So, I'd be comfortable with any player there that has a first-round grade. Now, in terms of the offensive linemen, I think that there's some – um, such as uh, Tyler Linderbaum out of Iowa. He's a guy who plays on the interior side. He might be a little bit undersized. I mm-hmm. think that he may be going in some box higher than he may go realistically. That's one player that comes to mind. Um, but, but apart from that, you know, sitting at 26, I really do feel like the Titans are going to have their options. But keep an eye on the offensive linemen, and, and especially those interior guys, and the order in which they fall come Thursday. Mm. who's a player then stand on that same note that you think sneaks into the first round because they're rising and if you really go back and watch the tape they are valued in this draft anyway uh, a first rounder 
Yeah, that's a good question. You know, a guy that I've kind of been keeping an eye on because I think I put him in the first round in my mock draft, which I published two weeks ago, which I'd like to go back and correct. You know, so much has happened over the past couple of weeks. But how about cornerback Kyler Gordon out of Washington? I think he's a guy you've been seeing mocked towards the end of the first round here. And a big part of that is not because of the prospect he is, but also the position he plays. You know, I think the cornerback position is one of the more intriguing ones in this draft because we may see two go inside that top five, top ten in Derek Stingley and then Sauce Gardner as well. Uh, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be interested in some of these cornerbacks, such as Andrew Booth out of Clemson. And that could cause one of these guys like Kyler Gordon to sneak in at the end of the first round. Do you have any insight, uh, and we're on with Jordan Dezani, uh, NFL writer for CBS Sports, on Debo Samuels and what that whole situation is about? What is, you know, from a bird's eye view, kind of give us some insight on what you think is going on here. Do they really think they may trade him? Is he unhappy? Does he really want out and want a new contract and not really play running back? I mean, what have you heard? Yeah, since we last spoke, I think we got a little bit more clarity into him reportedly being unhappy about his high usage rate within San Francisco's offense, and not just high usage rate, but also him being used in the backfield and kind of the role he played there, wearing two different hats on offense. Now, it benefited the San Francisco 49ers greatly, but I guess no one really asked Debo Samuel how he felt about accepting a new role. I feel like that's something that's on the forefront of what is his disappointment level with the 49ers right now. But, of course, it can't be the only thing. And I think a lot of us are wondering what exactly is going on behind the scenes and why Debo Samuel right now doesn't want to engage with the 49ers. Maybe this is more of a cooling-off period that could benefit both sides. Now, from a bird's-eye view, what do I exactly think happens? We've seen the quotes come out from John Lynch and other people with the 49ers brass. It's hard to imagine parting ways with Debo Samuel, especially after his career year last season. So that's why I find it a little hard to believe that they would be open to dealing him, even though Debo Samuel is reportedly unhappy right now. This is a wide receiver slash offensive weapon that they can build an offense around, and they're excited to do so as he progresses through his NFL career. Now, I, I can't rule it out completely if a team is going to come with you know a first-round pick, multiple players, whatever it may be, and an offer that's enticing to San Francisco. As we've seen this offseason, anything can happen. But from where I'm sitting right now, I, I just find it hard to believe the 49ers are going to part ways with Debo Samuel. Well, you're hearing a lot of talk about this year's draft. Uh, Jordan, that is that uh, it's going to be four quarterbacks taken in the first round, but people are saying if this was last year's draft, they may not in any of them go in the first round. <laughs> so I'm going to take it a step back and look at the NFL and go, name me in your eyes, I know this is off the cup, your top 10 NFL quarterbacks. Top 10 NFL quarterbacks. That's a good question. Well, Top 10 NFL quarterbacks, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can put him in any No, no order, no order, just your top 10. And, and I'm thinking the reason why I'm going there is because everybody's talking about how valuable the quarterback is, even when it's a stretch and they're not first-round graded guys. So I'm, I'm trying to get interested. How often are you going to get a top 10 quarterback? And we start naming these guys, and you're going to – there's none of those guys in this draft at all. Right, right. So Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady. Uh, I'll throw Justin Herbert in there. I'll throw Matthew Stafford in there. I'll throw Joe Burrow. I'll, I'll even throw Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. 
Um, I think that's eight or nine. And then I'll lean maybe towards a Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, somebody like that. And, yeah, I don't think mm-hmm. there's any players like that necessarily in this draft. And I heard you guys talking earlier about the quarterback position. What if the first one kind of goes at number 20 overall? I think that's possible. I don't think I'd bet that. I think that a quarterback in terms of Malik Willis specifically will go higher than 20 overall. I'm kind of interested to see what happens at number nine with the Seattle Seahawks. But as we see with the draft every single year, you know, these players are pushed up to draft board because they play the most important position. And even though this class isn't necessarily lauded for those prospects, it's hard not to be intrigued by some of these guys. I mean, Malik Willis' ceiling seems very high, and I brought up Matt Corral. I'm very intrigued by that guy as well. So that's one of the most fascinating things that everyone's going to have an eye on when it comes to the draft tomorrow night. But at the same time, if I had to put a number on it in terms of how many signal callers go in that first round, I'm leaning towards about three right now. Mm, We're with uh, Jordan Dejani, NFL writer for CBS Sports. Jordan, one of your colleagues at CBS had a mock draft. I did a segment yesterday called Here's One You're Going to Hate. And <laughs> and then we teased it and we came back. It had the Titans trading up to 23 to take Devin Lloyd, who's a fine player. But they do have starters right now at inside linebacker. And they also lost pick 90 in the deal. So they took an inside linebacker that didn't pick again like until well into the 100s. Uh, I... That was a really interesting way to look at the Titans draft, I thought, by Trapasso. Yeah. Oh, it's Chris Trapasso. That's who I was going to ask whose mock draft that was. That's funny. I think he actually just came out with another one today. I have it actually in front of me. And he has another pick that I'm not a fan of, by the way. And he has the Titans sticking at number 26 and taking Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. And that, that's a prospect who I don't think has a first-round grade, in my opinion. I'd rather have Matt Corral if he's available there. Now, in terms of them trading up for a linebacker, I'm glad you brought this up because I feel like when we got into the midst and the heat of mock draft season, everyone was mocking an inside linebacker to the Tennessee Titans, mm. and I had no idea why because I like the starters they have at the position there. I guess maybe the Titans were just a, a placeholder for another team since they were late in the late in the first round at number 26 overall. Uh, yeah, I don't see that happening, obviously. I love Lloyd. Great prospect. I actually talked to him over the phone last week. I'm excited to see what he's going to be at the next level. But, no, I don't think the Titans are going to be taking a linebacker in round one. Yeah, especially not trading up to do it. No. Um, what's the best rumor out there that's out there? Draft rumor, any player, any rumor, anything that you've heard about any rising and falling or a guy who's got three left feet or just anything? Yeah, I got a great one for you. Uh, I was listening to my colleague Ryan Wilson on CBS Sports Radio yesterday, and uh, he reported that he's hearing from several league sources that Derek Stingley could be a top five pick come Mm, come tomorrow night. And that would be really intriguing. And I think there might be some validity to it. I think there's a lot of teams that are in love with this prospect. In fact, I think he's one of the best in this draft. But, of course, injuries are the biggest red flag. He hasn't exactly been on the football field a ton over the past couple of seasons. But his freshman year was absolutely incredible. He has the potential to be a star in this league. And, you know, that's why I brought up the cornerback position earlier in this interview is because we got Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley. We don't know which order these guys are going to go in. But I know basically all the teams out there in the top seven, even top six, are intrigued by these two cornerbacks. So that's a real, that's a huge storyline to watch tomorrow night. When's that first one going to go? Is it going to be as early as number three to the Houston Texans? Who, which cornerback is it going to be? 
And then I think also if a cornerback goes at number three, it could cause madness over the next three or four or five picks because there might be another team that's really in love with Sauce Gardner that trades up to get him. So keep an eye on a cornerback because that position really could unleash wildness into this NFL draft. Got Jordan DeJani on our uh, guest this time each week here on Blaine and Mickey talking NFL from CBS Sports. Mm. Well, Jordan, you just talked about uh, Stingley. I I guess name another player that you're probably interested in seeing where he goes because you're really intrigued that, uh, you know, he's not getting the attention that he deserves. It doesn't even have to be in first round. Yeah, I'll give you – I think he's my number one player in this draft. If I had to concoct a big board, uh, if he would be my number one player in the draft, who is the safest guy going to be? In my mind, that Alabama offensive lineman, Evan Neal, because he's a versatile lineman. He's found success in every position he's played. That also includes left tackle, which, of course, is going to raise up the ears of NFL scouts and GMs. Um, it's interesting because it seems like, you know, as the rumor mill continues to spin here, uh, he's been falling down some mock drafts. I think that he is in consideration for the number one overall pick. That being said, I don't think he goes there. I don't think he goes to the Detroit Lions. The number three Houston Texans are where things could get interesting. But in my mind, I'm looking at Icky Aquanu from NC State, a player who I absolutely love, by the way. But I think that Evan Neal might rank out better and have a better career than him if I decide to say it right now. So Evan Neal seems like a player that may be falling kind of inside that top five. Some people predict he may fall further, and that kind of flabbergasts me because I think he's the best player in this draft. I think he's Mm. a plug-and-play player. Uh, I think he's somebody who's going to make a franchise better immediately. So Evan Neal is a guy I'm very interested to watch as this top five picks come off the board tomorrow night. I'm trying to figure out, Jordan, is this posturing by the Jaguars when you come out with the owner, the GM, and the head coach all have different players they like? Are they trying to get somebody to trade up because they really like them all and it really doesn't matter who they take? I mean, I'm just trying to figure out how this got out here and it's just is this the method to their madness? So that's an interesting point because maybe, because I do know the Jaguars have been interested in trading down, but guess what? No one's hitting up their phones. No Mm -hmm. one wants to move up that far. The same goes for the Detroit Lions as well. I think their GM came out and basically lied a week ago saying that people are interested in trading up to the number two pick. I don't think that's happening. I don't think they're getting trade interest. Um, you know, that, that'd be a really interesting tactic to employ if you're going to say that your front office is divided because that just makes you look like a bad franchise, mm-hmm. which makes me kind of think that it, it, it's not a rumor. I think it may, there may be some validity to it. I think mm-hmm. that the Jaguars truly do not know um, who they are going to eventually place on that main card and hand to Roger Goodell just yet. Now, of course, they have their top two, top three, but it does, I mean, I would imagine that they are divided because looking at this draft class, I mean, there, there are a number of different directions you can go. Do you want to go offensive line or pass rusher? Okay, once you decide on that position, there's a couple of prospects which you could take there. So I do truly believe that there may be some validity to um, maybe some butting, butting of heads in the front office with the Jaguars, for lack of a better term, when it comes to that number one overall pick. I saw you've been uh, interviewing some players coming out of the draft, and I really didn't know much about this kid, the wide receiver from uh, Baylor Thornton. Was it Taekwon Butler, maybe? What was yeah, Taekwon mm-hmm. Thornton. Yeah, t- t- tell me a little bit about him and just his, you know, size, measurables, you know, what he brings to the table, and uh, where do you think he'll go? What round? Yeah, I really I really like this kid a lot. Uh, I think he's a sleeper in this draft. And, 
you know, talking to him, it was a really cool experience because he's a prospect that was known for his speed. I mean, he ran like a 4-2-8 or whatever it was. He was the fastest wide receiver at the NFL Combine, um, which obviously caught the uh, interest of a lot of GMs and scouts. But that being said, he's more than just a speed guy. You know, I'm not going to compare him to John Ross. He's not going to march up draft boards because he was so fast. He's a guy who's 6'2", but he's extremely thin. I think he weighed in like 180, 181. So a lot of, you know, pundits basically have kind of concerns about if this guy's going to be able to get off of press coverage uh, once he starts, you know, getting guys on home field balls. Uh, but he's a prospect I think has some really good traits that are valuable when it comes to being a wide receiver in this league. He's a guy who's really focused on the art of separation. That's something we mm-hmm. talked about in our interview. Uh, he looks toward Devontae Adams when it comes to emulating an NFL wide receiver. He's somebody who might have his best football days ahead of him. He's a second-team All-Big 12 player last year, I believe. But he's got that speed, and then he's got some other kind of talents and strengths that he can work at. So I mean, because he's a wide receiver in a very deep wide receiver class, it's hard to predict exactly where he's going to go. But, you know, I would say probably round three, round four, um, but I'm blindly eyeing it right now. Mm, well, with uh, Jordan DeJaney, NFL writer for CBS Sports. What's your current favorite draft prop or a couple of them? Ooh, yeah, I got some for you guys for sure. I'm, I'm getting ready to place right now. Um, so I talked a little about, about uh, Desmond Ritter, the quarterback out of Cincy, uh, one of Chris Trapasso's guys going to the Tennessee Titans. His current over-under for draft position is 30-and-a-half. Now that, of course, means mm. that he would be a first-round pick. As I mentioned, I do not see that happening. I'm going over 30-and-a-half, and that's at plus money, by the way, at plus 100. Uh, another one I'm intrigued by is Garrett Wilson being the first wide receiver drafted over guys like Drake London and Jamison Williams. Right now over at Caesar Sportsbook, that's at plus 100. But be careful because at different sportsbooks, there's different numbers. I noticed that BetMGM, he was minus 175. So don't bet at that book if you're looking at this prop. The other one I'm looking at, I brought up Evan Neal as my favorite draft prospect. Having him as a top five pick. That's at plus 140 right now. I don't see him dropping out of the top five. At least he shouldn't. So keep an eye on that one. I think at plus 140, it's a good thing for your buck. All right, on the way out, does Baker Mayfield get moved like before the end of this draft? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I think this is a good time for him to be moved. I think that the Browns have come to the realization that they're not going to get incredible compensation for moving on from him since they have Deshaun Watson. And looking at, you know, all the teams that have, you know, that that need a new starting quarterback, like the Seattle Seahawks, maybe Carolina Panthers, there's just not a lot of interest out there for a guy like Baker Mayfield, which could allow for maybe a sleeper team. And I don't know who I'd bring up, but somebody who's looking for a younger quarterback who's on virtually a one-year deal, um, you could find some use for that. So, you know what? That's a good question, and I'm going to lead yes. All right. Jordan DeShaney laying it down for us. I catch his column, cbssports.com uh, there. And, of course, you can follow him at Jordan DeShaney on Twitter. Thank you, sir. Uh, enjoy the draft, and uh, we'll have a lot to talk about next week for sure. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Have a good show. Yes, Appreciate sir. It. All right, when we come back, let's get into this doomsday, doomsday scenario. You want to jump in, 615-737-1045. What if all the first-round graded receivers are gone? Same for offensive linemen. linemen. Those are the positions we've talked a lot about. You go middle linebacker. You go pass rusher. Do you take one of those quarterbacks? One mock drafter out there had kind of one of those scenarios and had the Titans taken, well, not an old lineman and not a wide receiver. 
We'll tell you who and where. Hear from you next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5. Blues traveling through the afternoon here with you. Uh, we were just talking about this earlier, just as a side conversation. Uh, Sports Illustrated, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF will officially join the Big 12 for the 23-24 academic year. So there, there you go. They so heard us. That's it's, it's official now? Kind of what they, I had heard, they, yes. So uh, they, they, they dropped uh, all, all lawyer stuff? Yep. Uh, there may still be lawyer stuff involved, but at some point. you schools or not. No. Those are the only three. Those are the only three that are going right now. But then you had the whole thing with the Sun Belt uh, and uh, what Sun Belt Conference USA and uh, both conferences releasing schedules with those teams on it and all that kind of fun stuff. Isn't that crazy? Uh, Yeah, the fact that it got to that point. 2022? What? And it may get to this point uh, at 26 tomorrow night. Uh, This scenario we've been talking about, what if the Titans get to 26? All the linemen they had graded to that point were gone. All the wide receivers they had graded at that point. So then you start looking at like, okay, who's who are our highest rated guys then? Who do we have worthy of taking it at pick 26 if that's the way they're doing their business? I saw a mock draft from Austin Gale um, from Pro Football Focus. He had the Titans taking George Karlaftis, the guy from Purdue. Oh, yeah, the pass rusher. 6'4", 266, a former Greek national water polo player. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see him play because he didn't play in the bowl game. Did not against Tennessee here, uh, so I don't I don't know much about him. But yeah, I would be cool with that because through your scenario, I was thinking pass rusher when it's available. I would I would even stretch if he was a second rounder. May look up and have a Harold Landry. See, second rounder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that worked out okay. Again, yeah. that's a we've been talking about guys not getting second contract. Second round is the sweet spot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Derrick Henry gets his set. Well, third round, too. Byard's gotten gotten his contract. Uh, and now the latest, uh, Harold Landry, is second-round pick. Uh, based on everything you see about this guy, and this is something Austin Gale says, there are zero question marks surrounding his work ethic and motor. But he has 14 sacks in three years. Mm. 14 sacks in three years. He has 29 tackles for loss in those same three years. That was interesting because I'd never looked up his stats, and you hear people talking about. A lot of people think he would go before twenty six. He's been yeah. men- he's he's been mentioned before twenty six yeah. by a lot. Well, he's starting to move down because I'm starting to see even the Titans on the the radar, or you know, in some of the mock drafts. So oh, I love mock drafts. Yeah. So that and I was a little shocked that he was dropping down there. I, I, I hope he's available. I'm going to be so depressed on Sunday when the draft is over. Like, I'll wake up and I'll squeeze myself into church. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people game. disappointed be and so, depressed because be they didn't so get drafted. Sad. Yeah, I'd be sad. You're talking no more, about a mock draft. There's no more. Flip on ESPN, Nashville, see Philadelphia Union, opening up Geodis Park on I Sunday. I need to sneak my butt down there and get in that yeah. game is what I need to do uh, and, and see it. Maybe a little bit wet. Uh, on Sunday, but yeah, the opener is in Geodis Park. So uh, yeah, you say we're gonna have Willow right for the for the draft. Oh yeah, he's, Will, he's down in Vegas, right? Well, Bowling's butt is out there in uh, in Nashville. He's or in Nash not, Vegas, Nash Vegas, the true Vegas, Las Vegas, uh, <laughs> covering the draft. Let's squeeze this in because we got time to take a call, Paxton, in Nashville doomsday scenario. What do you say, Paxton? Uh, you you got somebody that you, you you'd feel great about if that if that happened. I know I don't, and here's the thing. It's an easy situation for me. Personally, we do what J-Rob does best, and he robs people, right? Yeah. You can trade out J-Rob. of there. If it, you tra- yeah, J-Rob. You trade out of there, and you find some team that 
somebody at 26. Somebody's going to need somebody there and like somebody. If it's our doomsday scenario, it's somebody else's heaven. It's like, hey, this is our guy. Let's trade with these guys. We get out of there and we add more picks. We get a second round pick and we add some picks going into the, you know, into the third round as well. So that's an easy situation for me, guys. And I think that's likely to happen. To but the you. only thing is, then you, you have a second round pick. You got to have two to tango. That's the only thing. You need somebody. 100%. You just, you got to have somebody. But I, I agree with you. Everything you just said, if it got to that point, I'm sure that sucker would just be staring at the phone, praying that it would ring with somebody trying to get somewhere up there to get somebody. Maybe it would be a quarterback. 100%. Let's go. I'm down with you guys. I'll hang up and listen, man, but love it. Cousin Paxton throwing the doomsday scenario out there. So his doomsday scenario, not at all like, okay, we ain't got anybody great at this high. Let's just roll on back. You just, do you? Well, if they roll back, what was this scenario? What did he say? Did they get a second or just a third? He just said trade back. Just, you know, try to rob somebody out of yeah. some picks. Yeah, okay. I missed it. And depending on where they were coming from, because it's all those points, somebody put the points down that pick 26 is worth 700 points. It's like Weight Watchers. It's just all about points. So I, I thought I think I remember the number of 700 even for pick 26. So what could that get you? How far are you going back, and what does that get you? If, if no, that dude could no get a second-round pick from anybody for anything, I'm sure he'd be like, yep, done. Yep, second and fourth, done. Yeah. Okay. Because the value may be... A 26 picker is really a second rounder in this year's draft, and I'm saying that as far as talent. Yep. So if you pick up a second and another pick in the fourth or whatever, third or what have you, uh, you're still getting good value. So, yeah, it could be. They'll be waiting around all day. I hope that doesn't happen there because, you know, we're going to be partying to the tardy for the draft. <laughs> yeah, for the Titans, man. The Bucks have 27. The Packers have 28. The Chiefs have uh 29 and 30 the Bengals 31 Detroit has 32 so Kansas City has 29 and 30 hmm. I remember they got a lot of picks because of the trade yeah they did hey Tariq we can't pay you man we need five people in return need five draft picks okay here you go five draft picks have at it then we'll pay Tariq whatever doomsday scenario since you were talking about him today is AJ Brown Holds out. <laughs> oh, yeah. how you like those apples there, fans? Mm-hmm. Then he got them by the you-know-what. Y'all better pay up. See? Robert Woods rehabbing an ACL. Say hello to your number one receiver, NWI. My knee just, <laughs> just tweaked. Like... What the heck are you talking about? Keep him in his role. Do not get out there on the Ferkser deal. <laughs> number one receiver. Like He's going to be the number one guy. Keep him at three slash four. He will be very productive. He could be a two at times, just depending on rest time for everybody. He holds out. There might be people I, making some I do some love how two. much he's progressed and gotten better, though. Yeah. Got to give it to the coaches in developing him. And himself putting in the time and the work. Undrafted guy, all those undrafted D linemen they've been finding. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they got tart. Beginning front row. We got to get to the back row because it's time for us to get out of here for today. 3HL coming up next. You don't want to miss that. In the meantime, in between time. Yes, sir. Enjoy your day. And peace. 
Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's yeah, safe. I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen.